0: ladies and gentlemen i am so pleased to have you back to episode 120 of the best show on the internet this here is reddit readings today we are jumping into malicious compliance but just quickly before we do that if you love our show and want to share that love you should pop on over and check out our patreon thank you very much in advance it's great plus you get free episodes all right guys without further ado grab your tea and your popcorn and let's just jump straight into it Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. Our first story today is from Sabrina Spellman 1. Solicitor embarrassed me and made me cry three times, so I became super efficient at my job. This happened many years ago. I've only just found out this sub, and while my story is nowhere near as witty as the ones I'm reading, it still makes me chuckle. When I was around 19, I was working as a receptionist front of house at a solicitor's office. It was quite small, but very successful. Four partners. Main one was the lady it was named after, who was kind of fierce in a Judge Judy kind of way, so I'll call her Judy. A new solicitor we will call Anna joined the team. We had a conveyancing, a personal injury, financial and criminal department solicitor and she would be working family law and her specialty and main focus would be helping domestic violence victims. At this time, all of the abused clients were women. She was awesome at her job. I saw so many victims of abuse while they waited in reception, and because they were so stressed and worried, they would sometimes just tell me their life stories while they waited. I did my best to comfort them. Sometimes they'd have to wait an hour or longer if something else was happening. Anna advocated hard for these women. Restraining orders, emergency hearings, police interviews, protection, arranging safe houses, custody of children. I really admired her, and I still do now. Those women needed her. The thing about Anna was she was extremely posh, well-educated, and she spoke better than the characters on Downton Abbey, or even The Queen. But she was also very opinionated and she swore a lot. Hearing her talk about one of the husbands of a battered woman, what an absolute twatting little cunt, in a voice that sounded similar to the queen, made us giggle. But she reined it in and was mostly professional in front of clients. Most of my job was filing, typing voice dictation statements and logging calls from the women with restraining orders who had been contacted by their ex-partner slash abuser. So I'd get a lot of calls. Hi Sabrina, he called me at 8.15 and 10am today, also an email at 9pm through his mother's account, things like that. It all had to be logged and reported for the court files. I got so many of these calls I'd recognize each by voice. This is important later. After she'd been there for maybe a month, she was featured in an article that put the office in a very good light. The article highlighted her important work in keeping these people safe. We celebrated with her, but it went to her head and she became arrogant and snappy, with little put-downs here to the secretaries and other workers. She became pretty full of herself, getting snarky and barking out, COFFEE! to me as soon as she walked in the office. I let it go, she was stressed and doing something important. As it was so long ago, most documents had to be faxed. Her office was two doors away from reception. She would let me know if she was expecting something important and I would drop everything to rush the documents to her. Waiting for leg staff, police reports or restraining orders could quite literally be a life and death situation for the clients. Sure enough, a restraining order document came through for a female client who was sitting with Anna in her office. She was crying, looked like she'd had no sleep. Her story was horrendous. I had to type up some of her statements. I felt desperately sorry for her. The rule was, if something important came through, I had to rush and interrupt any client meeting. The papers came through. I rushed to the office and handed them to Anna and left. Moments later, Anna was in reception screeching at me because the timestamp said it was delivered a whole hour earlier. I was confused, I would given it to her the moment it came through. She would not stop yelling that I had put this woman's life in jeopardy over my laziness and stupidity and I should be fired. She made so much noise that Judy came out of her office to listen, the founder of the company. Her face gave absolutely nothing away and afterwards she quietly just said, please make sure to give documents quickly in future to avoid any more problems. It happened again, and eight or so page documents came through for that same client who was in there with her. I rushed to her office, handed them to her, and went to leave. Before I could, Anna started yelling at me. This was an hour ago! What the fuck, Sabrina? What the fuck did I tell you? This time she started swearing, and I couldn't get a word in, and all of this in front of the poor client who'd looked wildly uncomfortable. Judy came to the door again, and again, her face gave nothing away and just asked me to come with her. She asked if there was a problem. I explained, and she thanked me. Anna then followed us out and started yelling at me that I had no respect or kindness in my heart for these women, and I was lazy, utterly incompetent, and ridiculously not right in the head. I cried in the toilets. Over the next few days, the same client came in. Things had escalated further and had hit the newspapers. It was an awful case. So the four partners, along with Anna, were meeting with her in the same office. I went back to give a file to one of the other partners there, and Anna piped up. Was this from an hour ago, too? There seems to be a pattern here. Again, in front of the client and her four bosses. It didn't bother me this time, though. I'd had one of those moments in bed the night before, The moment when your eyes snap open while you're trying to sleep and you have that bingo realisation moment. So I calmly just said, the reason why the documents appear to be an hour late was because the clocks have changed for daylight savings. I should have realised that when the ink was still not dry as I handed them to you. Sure enough, the document on her desk yesterday was a little smudged. The fax machine was old and didn't update the time. My little victory moment was spoiled because as I was leaving the office I tripped over my own foot and knocked my head on the doorframe, giving Anna a good laugh. The next day a staff meeting was called about professionalism in the office. The client who witnessed Anna's meltdown had approached Judy. She was really upset to see Anna treat the staff that way and her swearing had frightened her. Judy was very clear that this was not acceptable. The woman had heard enough yelling and swearing for a lifetime. Anna begrudgingly apologized to me and I shrugged it off. Judy also apologized privately for not stepping in when she should have. No problem. My malicious compliance was next. Every single call I had to log, instead of the main list I used on the computer, from the women I wrote on an individual post-it. So I'd be in and out of her office sometimes 10 times an hour. Her desk was flooded with post-its that just said, 10am call from husband to client X. She was annoyed, but this was what she had asked for. I wasted a lot of post-its. The next bit got a little strange. A lady who was in a shelter or safe house with her daughter called and said she was reconciling with her husband and she wants to drop the case completely and did not want to be contacted again. This happens, sometimes abused victims go back when it gets too much. This was a particularly brutal case. She'd been beaten really badly. I told Anna straight away, who said she could call her in a few days. Calling right then might jeopardize her safety if he was still there, and I said no. Call the police. She asked why, and I said it wasn't her on the phone. I recognize her voice every time she calls, it wasn't her. We called for a welfare check and sure enough, the husband had taken her forcefully back home and had his older daughter call the office pretending to be her. He was arrested. When it all worked out well and the lady was again in a much better safe house, Anna gifted me a bottle of wine and a thank you card. And then asked me to stop it with the post-it notes and that the message was received. She also apologized again, properly. You know what? I really like the fact we have a malicious compliance story that ends with everyone making up and getting on. It's just so wholesome.
1: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
0: This next one is from Long Bong. Automated my useless boss out of her job. This happened a few years ago. I was a data and reporting analyst and did all the ad hoc reports for the company. My boss, we'll call her Carrie, was useless... She was one of these people that was always late, left early, and took days off at short notice. The only thing of value she did was all the regular reports, sales, revenue, etc. We suspected she got away with it because she was having an affair with her boss, we'll call him Stuart. Our CEO was a fairly decent bloke, he'd look for ways to cut costs and would pay regular bonuses for the best cost-saving initiatives. Carrie was very keen to submit ideas and encouraged us all to automate our tasks so she could try and take the credit for the savings. On one of her skive days, which coincidentally Stuart was sick as well, the CEO was desperate for the sales report my boss does. I said I'd give it a look and see if I could get it done. Now normally she'd spend 2-3 to days doing it each week, but the CEO wanted it that afternoon. A quick inspection of the data showed that it would quite easily be automated, so I knocked up the necessary script and got it over to the CEO, who was super impressed. Not only had I got the job done in a couple of hours, but also that it could be updated whenever he needed it. He asked if I could also look at the revenue churn and a couple of other reports. Over that afternoon, I automated everything my boss did. Both Kerry and Stewart were back the next day, but were immediately summoned to the CEO's office before being suspended and sent home. Turns out the CEO knew they were having an affair and all the times they were sick or late or had to leave early was so they could sneak off to have sex. He'd not done anything about it because of how important these reports were. Now that they were automated, he was able to get them suspended and later fired for gross misconduct for all the times they'd taken off. I also got a nice bonus out of it. Well, I would love to have an affair with a co-worker, but there's not much chance of that down here. Our next story is from X Catastrophe X. Hearing AIDS does not equal earbuds. This happened a few years ago, around the time I was 17. I had just started working at a smallish cafe run by a well-known family in our area. I knew some people who had worked there before. And they told me for the most part, the owners were great, very chill and laid back. It was slow and normally weren't bad about breathing down the employees' necks. Their oldest daughter, who also helped run everything, was the one who was very peculiar. We'll call her Karen. I'm officially diagnosed with a hearing deficiency. Not enough to be considered deaf, but more than hard of hearing, so I wear hearing aids. My first day before we opened, my co-workers asked me if they could do anything else to help me out, and we eventually started talking about the hearing aids in general. While talking about everything, I mentioned they had Bluetooth capabilities so I could play music through them. Not that I would, but I could. Karen had been in the room at the time and said, You can't wear those, no earbud policy, and tapped on the policy paper on the wall. I protested explaining they're hearing aids and not earbuds and that I wouldn't be using them to listen to any music while I was working. Her reasoning was I didn't NEED them because I wasn't considered fully deaf and I was doing this to get around the no earbud policy, directly quoting when I said they could play music. I can't wear them? (laughs) Alright, let's see how this goes placed them into the case in my bag and started my shift. I couldn't understand my trainer, couldn't hear the customers, couldn't hear when orders were being called to be sent out. Things were going extremely slow. A couple of warmed pastries burnt since I wasn't able to hear the timer. Simple sentences had to be repeated multiple times with people basically yelling at me just for me to be able to piece a few words together. I guess the cherry on top was me ignoring one of the owners when she tried to speak to me. Karen came up to me and tried addressing me about it until she finally realized what was going on after she repeated herself five times. By the end of that shift, I was allowed to wear my hearing aids. No questions asked. Um, yeah, you, excuse me, yeah, 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 sorry, no, no, you can't wear your glasses while you're working. You could potentially use them for playing a Game Boy. Or reading a book. Yeah, you're gonna have to take them off. Yeah, I know you're a delivery driver, but it's the policy, you see, it's the policy. Ugh, fucking Karen logic, I swear. Our next one is in from Chief Stewart. Discipline me for being 22 seconds late without notice? Got it. Won't let it happen again. This happened several years ago because it was some malicious compliance that lasted for years. My former employer uses a points-based system to track attendance. The parts of the policy relevant to this story are tardy with calling prior to the start of shift, half a point. Tardy with no call, one point. Accumulate enough points and you're fired. There's a set of train tracks crossing the street that leads to this facility. Occasionally, trains will stop while blocking this crossing. If you're caught there in the last few minutes before you're supposed to clock in, you have a decision to make. Wait or go round. I've way you might be late. Sometimes you'll decide to go around and then the train clears the crossing and the folks who waited get in before you. Sometimes you'll wait and Watch through the gaps in the train cars as folks who went around pull into the parking lot while you're still idling at a blocked train crossing. To be clear, going around involves taking a lot of secondary country roads as well as a few filled access roads. Yeah, it's an extremely rural area, so you literally never know what kind of road conditions you're going to find along the way. The roads may even be entirely unusable during the winter months, where snow covers them. One night, during my years on the third shift, I was stopped at these tracks and decided to wait. Eventually, the train moved on. I raced into the parking lot, used my keycard to zip through the turnstiles, and ran to the punch clock. My clock in time was 10.30 pm. They have these biometric punch clocks that read your fingerprint to clock employees in and out. Sometimes, these clocks just will not read your fingerprint. I got to the punch clock and it says 10.30. I'm golden. It doesn't track seconds. I entered my employee ID number and placed my finger on the sensor. Three beeps. Failed read. Try again. Three beeps. Tried once more. Three beeps. Nope. Not trying again because by this time the clock was likely to tick over to 10.31 in the middle of reading my finger. When I got to my assigned work area, I told my team manager what happened. He said don't worry about it, he'd manually punch me in. I should have listened, but I'm a warrior. In the morning, when the front office people started showing back up, I went to the attendance office to confirm that my situation was all good. The office administrator decided to check my gate time and used that as the determining factor. I scanned my keycard at 10.30.22 p.m. That's a tardy, no call. One full attendance point to be issued. I reiterated that it was a train stopped on the tracks, completely beyond my control. She advised me to either leave earlier and just wait an extra half hour for my shift to start on the majority of days, or else get a cell phone. I didn't have one at all back then. To call in with from the road next time. Well... (laughs) What I did instead was start calling in absent just in case something comes up after I leave home but before I arrive at work, in the evenings before leaving work. The first few days, the attendance office up front was just bemused. After weeks, they became annoyed. After months, they'd apparently complained enough and I finally got told to stop. During the course of this conversation, they revealed that calling in too early before the start of your shift made it extra challenging to make sure the notice gets to the right member of management, because the message is no longer flagged as new by the time they're creating logs for the next shift. This was great news for me! From then on, every morning before leaving the premises at the end of my shift, I used one of their phones to call in absent for my next shift that evening. They tried to write me up for insubordination, but the labor union slapped it down, pointing out that the collective bargaining agreement specifies the time we must call in by, but does not specify a time before which call-ins may not be made. Cue the huge grin across my face. I never forgot that my team manager tried to do me a solid, though. If I was actually going to be late or absent for some reason, I'd call that TM's desk line directly to let them know. Even long after I finally got a cell phone, I continued doing this. I'd just call in on my way home instead of sticking around to use their phones after my shift. Found out years and years later from some union reps that upper management never got over this. Drove them fucking nuts that they got beat at their own game by something so simple. It didn't bring the walls crumbling down, but it was a persistent, enduring source of frustration and impotence for them. And really? Knowing you can manage all of that with just a 22 second phone call every day? That's the kind of thing that gets you out of bed in the evening. righty ho ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening to this fantastic episode of reddit readings the best show on the internet of course all of our episodes are fantastic if you're craving for more or want to support our show go check out the exclusive episodes over on our patreon if you have a second leave us a review we love those stars mm, yeah and until next time folks peace out they are also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While well, we would love for most paranormal stories to be true... We are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast.